welcome to the Every Woman podcast. I'm Anna, your host, and every month we'll be bringing you lively discussion and debate with inspiring women making a difference around the world, asking the questions you want the answers to, and doubtless prompting some more in the process. So listen in to hear the stories, insights, and opinions of those setting the pace and being the change. Today we're talking to Angela Salt, CEO of Girl Guiding UK, who took up the role at the beginning of January 2019. The Girl Guiding Movement itself was set up in 1910 by Agnes Baden-Powell, sister of Robert Baden-Powell, with the aim to allow the same kinds of formative positive experiences to girls that were being offered to boys in the Scouts. Today, Girl Guiding, powered by 100,000 dedicated volunteers, supports the well-being of nearly 400,000 girls and young women all over the UK. Angela herself has held previous roles that include Chief Executive of the Tony Blair Faith Foundation, Director of Communications at the Millennium Commission and the UK Director for Voluntary Services Overseas, bringing a varied experience with young people and the voluntary sector to her role as Girl Guiding CEO. So welcome, Angela. Hello. So what role does Girl Guiding continue to play then in the modern world for young women in terms of laying foundations for their lives and and building the next generation of leaders? Well, what we think we help lay the foundations for girls to succeed Uh, We know that girls and women live in an unequal world. Um, We've got survey material for over a decade, and we know that at the moment, girls and young women face a sort of perfect storm, really, in terms of pressures from appearance pressures, sexual harassment, seeing women in public life and leadership um, valued more for what they look like over what they've achieved. So what we try and do is help equip girls to face those pressures at building confidence and and, and resilience. Um, And we also have lots of opportunities for girls to build their leadership skills. Um, So that might be about training to become a young leader or being a peer educator uh, or becoming one of the members of our youth panel so that their voice is heard in the media and with uh, public figures in terms of advocacy. So um, we do think that we offer all sorts of leadership as well as team working skills and opportunities and and help equip girls uh, to succeed in terms of their resilience and confidence. My my daughter is actually a brownie and one of the things that I have absolutely loved um, through her joining the brownies, which seems to be a very different brownies to the one that I was. <laughs> you me both. Yes. I mean, I did the housework badge. I remember that. I mean, I can't imagine her ever doing the housework badge, but... <laughs> But one of the things I've loved is this sense of inclusivity um, in her brownie pack. And and, um, I want to talk to you a bit later about the big overhaul to badges and activities, which happened in 2018, which I think is, is, you know, she's seeing the knock on effect of that. Um, But it is definitely uh, an an association that is for all, isn't it? I mean, it's inclusive in terms of cost. Uh, You know, that doesn't seem to be a barrier, but it's also this got this wonderful inclusive ethos. And like you say, helping girls to find their skills and and their place and their voice. Um, you know, I mean, is this something that, that attracted you to the role? So you're right about being inclusive. and um, We want to be there for all girls and young women. Uh, we're not there, I don't think, at the moment. So we need to work hard and it's a key priority for us to be more diverse and inclusive as an organisation. But absolutely, when it came to choosing the job, having an offer, if you like, for girls and young women that's modern and relevant to their lives and and, and the the world they grow up in, it's um, probably the deciding factor for me in terms of taking up the job. 
I mean, we're talking about, you know, modern and relevant skills and, and issues. I mean, I, I literally mentioned just a minute ago the housework badge, and uh, that's my memory of Brownie's housework badge and jumping over a toadstool. I'm sure that's not going to get me very far uh, these days. So what, what, what are the modern and relevant skills that the, that the Girl Guiding has had to embrace and then build into its program to support young women now? Well, it has a long history, Girl Guiding does, of empowering girls and young women. And, and the core mission remains the same, to support girls and young women to reach their own potential and to make a difference to their community and the world. But you're right, we've had to change and, and we need to change and have changed as girls' lives have changed. So one of the biggest uh, things that we've done a couple of years ago is change our um, program. So now, rather than the badges that you or I did, uh, you would just as easily be doing badges, for example, on vlogging or mindfulness or coding or zero waste. Um, so there's a huge variety on offer. Uh, and also what we are always trying to do and increasingly trying to do is, is look at what girls want and be led by girls as well. So we have updated. You do always need to change as an organization, both for the times, but in our case, by listening to girls too. The badges are quite incredible in their breadth now, aren't they? I remember looking through the book that my daughter uh, brought home and being really quite blown away by the ground they covered. I mean, uh, they had everything from self-care to digital skills, community building, and the environment. Now, obviously, none of this would be possible without the massive bank of volunteers that you as an organisation have. So it's nearly 100,000, and that's just in the UK. Um, without volunteers, uh, girl guiding simply wouldn't happen. The heart of what we do is... Um, what happens face-to-face -face in a unit in a local area with a group of girls and their unit leaders and helpers, and they're all volunteers. I think it's not widely understood, and um, often I think um, people's expectations maybe of what they the, the leaders do, they don't realise that they're volunteers. Many of our volunteers are key workers as well, around 40%, and they obviously all have jobs and lives of, the, of their own as well. But they are amazing. They're very dedicated. They do more in a week often than other volunteering takes for a month. And every volunteer I've ever met, they want to give something back. And give something to the girls and young women that they received. Uh, and that intergenerational mixing is really an important part of it as well. So Girl Guiding uh, is powered by volunteers. Uh, do you know what? I feel I have to make a little shout out to uh, Louisa of the Fourth Tollington Brownie Pack here because <laughs> <laughs> that's my daughter's. Well, it's not a brown owl anymore, is it? She's probably got a unit leader. Unit leader, yes. It used to be, again, brown owl. I mean, you, you know, you sort of show your age, don't you? <laughs> The role of volunteers is, is obviously incredibly important. And within that, they're having to adapt um, to a big shift in the programme uh, to move with the times like this. You know, they're having to facilitate and communicate a whole host of new skills, new considerations to the girls and young women that they're working with. Um, I mean, within this, this intergenerational aspect is so important. I didn't actually realise that, that, you know, there are opportunities for girl guiding um, which go beyond the, the what I consider to be the traditional uh, cutoff. I mean, Girl Guiding Inspire is a programme in which 18 to 13 year olds can get involved with guiding and volunteering, isn't it? 
Yes, what we want to do is be there for girls and young women um, as their lives progress. So, you know, at four or five, you would be in, in rainbows, if you chose, and brownies, and then guides and rangers. And then inspire is more the, the, the girls, well, the young women at that age, of course, um, getting together more for themselves as well as opportunities within uh, girl, girl guiding as a whole. But, you, but you're right about the work that the volunteers have to do because the program is a mix of a central program uh, to try and make sure that there's a similar kind of offer, if you like, wherever they might live in the UK. But also it's very coloured by the local experience as well and the, and the individual volunteers. And, and that's that's right. But they also have to do what is often referred to as paperwork because behind the scenes, obviously, there's safeguarding, there's a code of compliance, there's health and safety, there's organisation if you're going away. Uh, so there's an awful lot of burden that falls onto volunteers who are taking um, other people's children uh, out to events during the week. So there's a lot of responsibility a leader has. And we as an organisation are trying to relieve that burden and make that as simple as possible. What are the biggest benefits that, uh, for example, volunteers get in, in terms of working with the, the younger women and that the, the rainbows, brownies and guides and rangers themselves uh, cite as, as, as uh, you know, the things that they get from the formative experience of being in this situation and environment? I think any volunteer I've spoken to, particularly with girl guiding, it's that idea of giving something back. And if you've had something great in your life, you often want to share it. And particularly, it's intergenerational, uh, as we've mentioned. So often, if girls have been um, a brownie or a guide or a ranger themselves, and then they w want to pass that on to their own children or other people's children. And I, I speak to an enormous uh, amount of uh, women who quite often, quite unexpectedly say to me, um, you know, my, my daughter was a guide or I was a brownie. Um, I don't ever speak to anybody who doesn't know about some level of girl guiding, you know, brownies, rainbows, mm. uh, ranges as well. So the reach is, is very extensive. But for me, in terms of my ambition and our ambition as an organization, we want to continue being there for as many girls as we can, as, as locally as we can. And we are totally dependent on that for volunteers in the local areas. With the sense that, you know, you're building both independence and a sense of working as a team and a sense of community. And also given that the guiding motto is be prepared. Um, I want to talk to you about the challenges of, of uh, 2020 because uh, that wasn't a year that anyone could really have been prepared for. Perhaps it could be argued or not. <laughs> um, and obviously that's really underlined the need for resilience in, in all of us. Um, with regard specifically to girl guiding, how have you fostered that resilience and how have you responded or how did you respond to the challenges of the pandemic? You're right that resilience is key for us. And one of the um, attributes that we uh, bring uh, the volunteers and as a staff to young girls' lives is re resilience along with, with confidence. And we, when the pandemic hit, um, we were hit 
very hard. So on, on one level, the biggest thing that happened to us is we suspended face-to-face -face girl guiding in local communities, which is the first time really that that has to happen. So that was a huge blow. Um, but we very quickly adapted. We launched what we call Adventures at Home and made that very widely available. So that's our program so that girls could still get together with their leaders, perhaps others from other areas. And one of the benefits, if it could be seen in any such way, of the pandemic, but one of the things that positive things that we managed to achieve was getting their digital offer up and running really quickly. Um, so the volunteers themselves had to adapt because many of them are, are key workers and they have their own jobs and lives. Um, so the virtual offer and adventures at home, a virtual festival we had, a virtual pantomime we had. Um, so all of that was very quickly done by ourselves and the volunteers. As an organization, if you like, our corporate response, we, like many organizations and many charities, had to very quickly adapt. Uh, we had to stabilize. Everybody started working from home. And then quite quickly, when we saw the significant financial losses we were about to incur, um, we had to quickly adapt our business plan uh, and our budget uh, and address our cost base. Um, and a number of charities and other organizations had to do that there. So the part of the difficulty here, here is when girls and young women and young people in general need these support organizations, uh, many of us are, are under a lot of financial duress and, and need funding to carry on being there for young people. Because Girl Guiding UK is funded purely by membership, isn't it? It's mainly memberships. And of course, then we also have trading. So we have uniforms and books, etc. Um, but we do also um, try and access grants from, from government, from trusts and foundations. We have some very good corp corporate partners as well. Um, so we do fundraise. We don't get state funding, uh, but we do fundraising as well. And that was one of the problems. When I took over the job, you look at the portfolio and you think, this is good. It's a mixed portfolio. Um, but the thing that's with the pandemic, as many organizations and charities know, all our income streams have been hit. So the uh, income in terms of members, in terms of trading, uh, events were cut. We get some income from a property. Uh, that was, that's not been forthcoming. Um, so we, we have a range of financial problems that we, we're having to deal with in order to try and be there for girls and young women. Do you think that any of the measures you've had to take will end up um, impacting on a longer term how the organisation is structured and run? Or is it, are you just sort of crisis managing at the moment until hopefully the vaccine sorts everything out and things become a little bit more normal? I think we are, we are like many organisations, and, and it's not just us centrally, um, corporately, it's every level of girl guiding because we're made up of thousands of charities and thousands and thousands of unincorporated associations. And uh, we're all having to uh, dig deep into reserves, um, liquidate investments in our case, and, and look to selling assets um, because the money that we've lost this year, well, 2020, we won't recover from. Um, and we fully expect the year has not started as anybody would have hoped. And um, therefore, we've, we've got a deficit budget even going into this year. 
So um, what we're trying to do is get through this pandemic, be there for our girls and our volunteers, um, and then look to the future. But there's certainly some long-term decisions we're having to make short-term, if you like. Mm. But with the hope and a belief that what we offer for girls and young women is modern, is relevant, never more needed, um, and we want to be there in the long term. Um, but uh, we, we do need help and support, as any charity does. I mean, nothing replaces face-to-face, does it? But, uh, you know, now that the, the online uh, Pandora's box has been opened, will, will online be part of the offering uh, going forward in terms of girl guiding? You know, will it augment the physical, the real-life activities in future, do you think? Uh, well, keeping girls connected uh, and connected with each other and also with their leaders and the volunteers is of paramount importance. Keeping them connected uh, as girls and young women is our first priority. And um, the virtual aspects of guiding have been good in insofar as at times they're the only things that you can do. But if uh, girls and young women have been at school all day online, they, then they might not have the appetite to do that in the evening as well. And the same for their uh, leaders, their volunteers. Um, so there's a difference between when it, how it's been working when uh, girls are in school and when they're not in school. Um, there's been a benefit that you've been able to connect, obviously, virtually with other geographical areas that you perhaps couldn't uh, connect with before. So there's been some benefits of virtual. But we're a face-to-face organization at heart as well. So in the future, we fully expect there to be a mixed offer, virtual and face-to-face. And there's some things that you just can't do virtually. I mean, it's a bit harder to have adventures go out camping, uh, do events. <laughs> you know, they're, the, they're the tough ones, aren't they? <laughs> Although I seem to remember that there well, certainly I think our brownie pack did a virtual camp in the front room, uh, but it's not quite the same, is it? No, we, we did do that. And in fact, one of our um, staff members, her boys who were part of that, uh, as it happened, they, they kept their tent up, I think, for six weeks, <laughs> which was interesting. <laughs> and I, uh, I missed my tent a lot. I, I went out in the summer on my bike uh, with my tent um, when we could. Uh, And at one point, I just put it up anyway in the lounge for the festival. (laughs) Uh, And we had a sort of virtual campfire singing. So you can do it to a certain amount for a certain time online. uh, And that will always be useful. But face-to-face and being together, uh, it's what we all need, uh, really, isn't it? it? It really is, isn't it? I mean, we are all doing the best we can with the online. And, and the, like you say, it has great benefits. I mean, connecting with other, um, you know, packs around the around the world uh, could be a you know a real positive benefit to this um but yes the face to face i know i know my daughter especially is is missing actually seeing her friends i want to discuss the idea of community um which is something that's obviously been incredibly important and very heightened through the pandemic. Contribution to community is of course a central tenant of uh, of girl guiding. How has that expressed itself online or offline this year and has it been on an organizational level or or just on an individual uh, or you know pack or unit level well certainly if there's one thing this past year has demonstrated it's the power of community isn't it and Mm. uh, if one thing we all know is how caring brownies guides rangers girl guidings girls and volunteers are so that's very much been to the fore and this sense of 
community. We've seen some very practical examples. Uh, Gilgahim differs according to the area and the unit, obviously. But we've seen, for example, uh, community fundraising, mask making. There have been self-care packages, which have been very well received, hospital bags. There's donating to food banks. And one of the touching, uh, for me, stories was uh, of girls writing letters to vulnerable members of the community, for example, those in, in, in care homes who are lonely. So the value of community and Girl Guiding's role in the community through girls and young women, supported by parents, let's not forget parents, and, and the amazing volunteers. Um, we've seen lots of marvellous examples, and it's um, it's very tear-jerking, really, and very mm. humbling uh, when, when you read about it and when you see it. And, and you know, encouraging that sense of, of looking out for other people at such an early age, I mean, it can only it can only be of benefit to society at large, surely. Yeah, I, I don't have children myself, but one of the things I see, uh, I was looking at some um, a competition that Brownies had done recently, and the caringness of these young girls mm. is, is, is just... Uh, it just uh, hits you straight in 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 the heart, really. Um, but um, it's absolutely where it's at, isn't it? Um, looking after each other, and uh, one of the things that Girl Guiding does is it provides that space for girls and young women to to look after each other as well as be their best selves. But making a difference in the community and looking after each other is the heart. And it's what they miss as well, isn't it? Your daughter's mm. probably one of the things she's missing is 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 that interaction. Yeah. And and also I think, you know, the interaction, but the sense as well of um being able to access sort of your leadership within a group and and to solve problems and all of those really uh vital life skills. That, yeah, if you try to do them just over a screen, that they're not quite as visceral as when you're in your pack sort of deciding that you're going to do this, you're going to build a, a raft like that. That's how you're going to solve that problem. Yes, and I think, um, I think we've had uh, a number of grateful parents and, and the volunteers really appreciate that, of course. But um, parents who've been saying, you know, during the pandemic, this was the only thing that, that, that kept my daughter going or... Her other clubs weren't meeting, and and but she was still able to join her fellow brownies or guides. Um, so um, uh, I think that's been really appreciated. We've also tried to work on a, a corporate level again, if you like. So both with, um, for example, uh, children in need. So we had a, a campaign for other community courses with uh, children in need. Um, we also were uh, we had a badge, obviously, uh, which was the Together at Heart right. COVID nineteen badge that was designed by a guy, Pippa, wow. and that raised funds for NHS charities together their urgent appeal as well as girl guiding. And um, there's another campaign that we're part of called Together, which is a coalition of lots of organisations across society aiming to bring people together or building a kinder, closer, more connected community and society and world because we haven't, we've got not to lose that, haven't we, going mm. forward. All the benefits of that connectedness and that care, we need to keep hold of that going forward. Absolutely. Um, but what is your general aim for Girl Guiding while you're CEO? What's your vision? It's to be there for girls and young women to help them be their best selves 
to give a space for them and a voice for them, help them contribute to the communities and make a difference. So my vision is to try and give the best girl and young women experience we possibly can and support our volunteers who are actually delivering girl guiding on the ground. Uh, For me, girls and young women having the offer of girl guiding and all that it does in terms of its skills, its confidence, its resilience, fun, friendship, the whole package, having girl guiding near to you as a girl or young woman um, is, is and making that more accessible is what I uh, I want and we all want to do. And at the end of your tenure, obviously you've got a while to go yet, how will you know that you've succeeded? I would like us to be within easy reach for girls and young women. So if we've got more units, our penetration and reach uh, is uh, is higher and wider. If girls uh, are continuing to benefit more girls, so to be there for more girls would be part of my legacy. And to try and, and support our volunteers more. They have a big burden as volunteers, as all volunteering does nowadays. It's much harder than it used to be in the past because it has a lot of more responsibilities. So I think I'll know if I've succeeded um, and I will do everything I can to succeed is being there for girls and young women and supporting volunteers and the more of them, the better. Angela Salk, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.